right by where you get that second uh, half of the amulet, there's a really cool battle between a bunch of like the, the knights and those vicious dogs that run around there, like the raptor dogs. The T-Rex dogs? Yeah. <laughs> it's a pretty cool fight. It's like, yeah. It was, it was, uh, when I stumbled across it, I was like, damn, this is, this is cool. Someone in that fucking office that day drank too much like cold medicine and started to started drawing. I was, I was running. Everything in that area is kind of like mutated, so it kind of makes yeah. sense. Like two, two really different creatures like mutated together. Yeah, I was on the Elden Ring subreddit uh, before we started, and someone had a map of uh, Caleb because Australia. <laughs> and then someone, someone from Australia says, I'm Australian, can't confirm. <laughs> that was pretty fun. <laughs> Welcome, guys, gals, and all non-binary pals to Couch Co-op, a video game podcast very similar to a book club, except for instead of talking about books, we'll be talking about video games today. Uh, with me, uh, my partners in crime, Dave and Matt. I'm Jack, and um, I kind of wanted to start this one off um, with a little note about one of Matt's selections for the games he's been playing recently. And that is um, last week, Matt, you were talking about Wordle. And I have to admit, when you were going off on your like three minute rant about Wordle and how you were playing it on the toilet. And uh, I was, I was kind of lost. I was like, Wordle's not a video game. This is just some silly game on a phone. So it cracked me up a couple days ago after mocking you mentally when I clicked on a, uh, a Polygon article, best video games of the year so far. And in it, uh, the last pick for best video game of the year was Wordle. So, uh, I, I commend you, Matt. You have proven me wrong once again. And uh, I, I guess that's a great selection for a good video game. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Jack. You're not the only one with the indie video game picks here. So, <laughs> No, it's it's amazing, actually, the amount of variants that are coming out now. Like there's one called Hurdle that's a music variant. I've seen one that is called Poidle um, after the Jacob Poidle, the basketball player where it literally gives you a silhouette of a basketball player and you guess which player it is. And then it gives you different parameters to like kind of whittle down who it may be in the entire league. There's variants of all different sorts. I just saw another one. There's a movie version. So, I mean, whatever algorithm they've created to for the basic gameplay is something that is incredibly addictive and they're applying it to pretty much everything. So in that sense, I do think it is, worthy of acknowledging as a true game because uh, it started off as just a stupid little word thing that a guy made for his girlfriend and like i said new york times bought it up and everyone's ripping him off so doing something right well speaking of girlfriends uh that actually brings us straight to today's topic and we're doing um we're kind of reprising what we did a couple weeks back where we went best couples but we're flipping it this week and we're going with worst couples in video games uh this could mean a lot of different things to you gentlemen um i'm curious to see what selections you've come up with um but yeah uh dave why don't you uh, take it away 
Ooh, no pressure. All right, so um, for, I, I guess I'm gonna go with my third. I'm gonna go with uh, Zagreus and Megara from uh, Hades. Uh, I, I selected this one because they, they were past lovers and Zagreus uh, slipped up. And then, you know, after, I don't know how many eons, uh, you start Zagreus's adventure. And you can choose romance, a few other options within the game, but uh, Megara is mine. And I, I just found it funny that you almost, you know, one out of three times that you would start your escape from uh, <laughs> from where you're at, you would always have to fight her. And I, I that's why I selected it, because, I mean, I think relationships are about fighting, but, like, Attempting to kill each other on a eternal basis for me is a, a red flag for a bad relationship. Well, I'm excited you brought this up because we made it like four weeks without mentioning Hades on this podcast. And I, I think that's completely unacceptable. Um, so I will, uh, what, what cracks me up about that is I actually went with a different relationship with that in that game. And that was, uh, well, not technically a couple, uh, they definitely are on that path, and that is uh, Zagreus and Dusa. And the reason I thought that relationship was incredibly lame was because Dusa is just a really annoying character. And yeah, I get it. He likes her, him, I don't know what it is, it, because it's so sweet and so nice. But, and, and okay, so that's the counter to Meg, but he actually has real chemistry with Meg. They're two badass characters. You get it. With uh, Thanatos, I mean, there's, yeah, okay. You still, they, they, they have like this connection. I understand those two relationships. Deuce is like this floating head with a bunch of eyes sticking out. That's not only creepy because it's not any kind of human-based form, but it's also creepy because it's just a weird character. Like, what's, what's there to be attracted to? That's Zagreus just comes off as like a major horn dog when when uh when you when you bring Dusa into the into the mix. That's fair, and actually, yeah, I, I agree with you, Jack. I think uh, the Than uh, relationship actually makes a lot of sense. They have a weird sort of dynamic throughout the entire game, and uh, yeah, Dave brings up a great one because they do chop each other to hell. Her and uh, <laughs> so. Um, those are both awesome ones. I'm glad we get to bring up Hades again. Um, I'm going to bring up another actually excellent uh, title or series, I should say. Uh, I didn't particularly like the game that brought this couple to mind for me, but um, I went with Nathan Drake and Elena Fisher from Uncharted, specifically Uncharted 4. Um, Uncharted 4 is one of those games where it's like critically acclaimed and lauded and, and many people would say that it's a game you should play. And in many ways, I can't argue against that. I just didn't enjoy the experience at all. And big part of the reason was because I really hated the dynamic between Nathan Drake and Elena Fisher. Um, Donnie Dog does this exceptional work as we've dedicated hours and hours and hours of going back and forth about how well they create dialogue and make characters seem natural and real. But something about these two just felt so forced. It reminds me a lot of those shitty radio ads they used to play where it would be like a pretend couple and where they're just like finishing each other's sentences and everything's extra quirky and just like has this rhythm to their cadence. And 
it just really always bothered me. And I just found them very annoying. And it's supposed to be this big, you know, conclusion of the series when, you know, them getting together and riding off in the sunset. But I just couldn't have cared less when I finished Uncharted 4. So uh, I'm nominating them as a worse couple from my point of view. Um, I started that series uh, on the second Uncharted game and kind of like way past the beginning point. And the brunette uh, treasure hunter was the main kind of female character in the game at the time. And it kind of like threw me off when the blonde jumped in. And then, you know, as you progress through the years of playing those games, you realize like who the true love interest was. But I always prefer the dynamic that the two treasure hunters had together. You know, I, I thought that fit way more um, better than a journalist. Yeah. I think it's, yeah, maybe they weren't the perfect couple because she totally betrays them in uh, either the second or third. I can't remember which one. But um, but they did have more chemistry and they seem more like-minded. Um, what's funny, Matt, is kind of doing some research for this this week's episode. Those two popped up in numerous articles for best couple of all time. But um, as far as my like on the spectrum goes, I don't I don't have a problem with your opinion at all because I just thought they were kind of boring. Um, I've discussed before on this podcast how while Uncharted 4 is considered one of the best games of all time by many, I don't share that sentiment. I think it's it's just overly uh, they they just go way much into like way more into like casual dynamics rather than doing the action set pieces, which I really love about that series. So um, if just for the simple fact that they tried to build so much on that relationship in that game, rather than having Nathan Drake swinging through, through some crazy shit while he's like jumping off a train, uh, that is why I would nominate that a worst, worst uh, couple. I, you know, I certainly don't want us to devolve into just talking about games that we absolutely adore throughout this whole uh, recording here. But I will say that the Uncharted series to me felt like every iteration that came out after the second, or even honestly, after the first one, they responded so heavily to whatever fan backlash they got. And I think it had such a negative uh, overall effect on the series to me by the fourth one. Like each time it just parts of it got whittled away that you were talking about, Jack, like the soul of the series just kept getting slowly removed because, you know, first they were mad, like, oh, why are there zombies? Blah, blah. Oh, now you added this, you know, these giant creatures at the end and the superpower, super mutant final boss. Like, oh, we don't like that. We want to be more realistic. Oh, we want more cinematics. We want more capers. Like it, it just, it seemed like they bowed to, to public opinion so much. And, and I guess it, only to say because we spent four hours talking about but i think that's why last of us 2 was so cool that they just said fuck everything and just did exactly what they wanted to do regardless of how it was received so but yeah like i said this couple i can totally see what how people would put it on a list of best couples i mean like i said for a lot of people that rapport would be perfect and it's better than a lot of them you see in video games but to me i just found it grating and really just slowed everything to a crawl whenever they were together, which is the last thing you can do in an Uncharted game. Hot take, coming early. <laughs> coming early in worst couples. Bashing not only one of the most esteemed first-person first action games, but also throwing the relationship into the trash pile. I like it. Way to go, Matt. 
uh dave you got you got you got a way to steer us out of uh, uh the, the listeners are tuning out we need you we need you to pr- bring them back in dave well uh they'll probably tune out because mine's based on starcraft so i, I totally went the opposite direction that i was trying to go and i continue to keep pushing the button that you know i know well um i went with kerrigan and jim rayner and and their romance starts off in starcraft and then changes and eventually ends in starcraft too but i kind of think i i think this my selection is based around one games i knew but then kind of like mechanics that were bad in relationships and this one has got to be horrifying because not only does he have like a crush on the psychic who is a trained assassin but um she eventually gets turned into the queen of the Zergs uh, and she's a civil war within the Zerg community and then uh, <laughs> assault humans eventually gets turned back into a semi-human before willingly going back to being queen of blades and then as she flies off to be this cosmically powerful being she just kind of looks at Jim Rayner says I will always love you and then peace out, peace is out. I mean how 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 like uh, broken can a relationship be at that point? So that's why I threw that relationship up there. Yeah, I remember them getting together. That's the extent of my StarCraft knowledge. And I don't believe Jack ever played the campaign at all. So um... Favorite game of all time. I have no idea what you're talking about, Dave. <laughs> you know, and that's like, Jack's about one... 25% of our listener base right here. So <laughs> I don't think I'm doing the wrong thing by throwing up a game I know. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's just kind of like this unrequited love for a good portion of the game. And then, you know, all these events happen. And I think it's just kind of like a good testament to how people change over time and how relationships are affected by that romantically or not. And, you know, I, I would say it's a bad relationship because one is a cosmic spanning mass murderer and the other one's a genuinely decent person you know <laughs> it's not going to get any more toxic than that <laughs> more than fair there um you know why don't we keep it going then i i got one from another series that i very much enjoyed um that's from metal gear series uh characters meryl silverball and johnny sasaki and i don't know if you guys are familiar with this series at all both these characters debuted in the first metal gear solid game back on playstation um meryl uh you end up rescuing she's a soldier that helps you out and johnny sasaki is famous for being the soldier that shits himself in multiple iterations of the game he's always he's he's just a blank npc he actually doesn't even have a face until the uh fifth game i believe or no my apologies i believe the fourth game when he appears and um yeah basically every time you encounter him he ends up with diarrhea and that's like the joke and then for whatever reason kojima decided that he wanted to have the mega happy ending where this character takes off his mask it reveals he's got this long flowing blonde hair and he's this gorgeous military soldier and meryl almost instantly falls in love with him actually you know what's annoying they don't even instantly fall in love. They're in the middle of a gunfight, like full on, like cinematic, like anime style gun battle. And they just start like 
talking to one another amidst it, and they end up falling in love, and the game ends with them getting married. Now, is this done tongue-in-cheek? Like, is... Or is it... It's done... They have a very weird tone at the end of these games, where... Because it was built up perfectly to where Solid Snake... We spoil the shit out of everything, so we're going to reveal a game that came out years and years ago here. But it had the perfect ending set up where Solid Snake is literally dying. Like, the game starts with him saying, like, I have an illness and I'm dying. I only have a few more years to live. And he has an opportunity to sacrifice himself to prevent this nuclear war from... Or nuclear bomb from going off. And yet they all of a sudden pulled this huge 180 where all of a sudden he manages to survive that. They manages to overtake the bad big boss at the end. Then like all these characters you thought were dead come back from the dead. Then these characters, Meryl and Jai Sasaki, all of a sudden fall in love in the middle of this gun battle where seemingly nobody dies. And, you know, it just it was the weirdest damn thing. It was supposed to be the grand ending to this whole series. So I think he just... Um, you know, he, he took, pulled the plug at the last minute. Like he couldn't go full on to kind of ending it the, the hardcore military way. And he, he wanted to go for the mega happy ending instead. And uh, this one was just repulsive the way it went down. <laughs> I'll just say that. Okay. Well, um, I'm going to go with one of my favorite games. Uh, and that is Catherine and to clarify, there are three Catherines in Catherine. Well, two if you played the original. I've I've, uh, I've fell in love with both both versions of the game. Uh, but but I guess for the sake of this one, I'll refer to the full body version. Um, and that is Catherine with a K, who our protagonist Vincent is initially um, in a long term relationship with, and they're just an awful couple in so many different ways um for the sake of viewers i'll start with the 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 fun stuff and that is that there is a boss fight where you're in vincent's dream solving a giant castle puzzle climbing as catherine with a k the monster version chases you with a massive giant fork and she's trying to stick you with it the whole time um and so you're desperately climbing this thing and if you if you fall behind you get pierced straight to the gut with this giant fork and um i wish i could say that's the most disturbing thing about the relationship but really um it's probably the fact that after she announces that she's pregnant he gets completely terrified and immediately starts finding ways to uh to distance himself from her or maybe it's that he later reveals or she later reveals that she's not actually pregnant and she was just messing with him because she wanted him to prove his commitment um they have nothing in common they're he's like this lazy jerk off douchebag who just wants to hang out with his friends and she's like this hyper driven ambitious just like rain enemy of fun for uh for a great uh for a great catch co-op quote they're, i don't they, they never explain how they get together so they're bad in the sense that it just doesn't make sense for the video game they're bad in the sense that it's a terribly abusive relationship in some ways. And they're mostly bad in the sense that she chases him down with a giant fork and tries to skewer him. Um, but as much as I hate that relationship, it did uh, provide the backbone for an amazing game that I will always have a dear part in my heart. So uh, for, the, for that, I say thank you to the, one of the worst relationships of all time. 
I, I want to add on to that. I think one of the first encounters with her is her berating you that you don't have a job and how that she's carrying the entire relationship as you sit in a fancy restaurant. She's dressed to the nines in business wear while you're like lounging in your, your white t-shirt jacket and blue jeans. Um, I can relate a lot to Vincent and uh, I, I, would, I wouldn't understand. I wouldn't understand hanging out with Catherine with a K. Um, Catherine with the C though, on the other hand, is probably more my flavor. Um, so, uh, I guess that leads me into my, uh, my last selection. Uh, probably this relationship was so cringy to me, uh, despite me liking both characters separately. And this is, uh, Edie and Joker from Mass Effect. And it starts off in Mass Effect 2. Uh, Edie gets installed into the ship. She's an AI. And then they develop Joker and her or Edie, it um, developed this weird relationship of uh, love-hate. They end up cracking jokes. And then I believe the third game, she gets a body. Yeah, she gets a body. You take out a, uh, a human that's been pretty much turned into a cyborg and you store the body on the ship. Edie eventually takes it over in a case of emergency and uh, supposedly hilarity ensues, but it just ends up becoming this really awkward uh, set of character interactions, whereas, you know, Joker's a pretty funny guy who has definitely the most pessimistic view for the most part out of the entire crew. And you spend most of the third one talking to him about how he's gonna relate to Edie or what their relationship status is or whatnot in that sense. And then the other half is Edie who is an AI is trying to figure out humanity and it was just such a such a cringy moment when they both came out of the ship in my ending <laughs> I just I, I just felt that there could have been more done and not necessarily canceling the relationship but maybe fleshing out some more of their characters and kind of having the relationship as a highlight but um, overall I was not too pleased with that one yeah, I, I don't think it's ever a good idea to try to shoehorn in with what is basically the plot to a Spike Jones movie into like a very small segment of the space opera. Um, I'm glad you brought it up. Which came first, her or uh, Mass Effect 2, though? That's a very good question, Jack. If only yeah, one of us were capable of doing the recording <laughs> and Googling at the same time. <laughs> I think it's better left unknown. <laughs> Let's just pretend Spike stole it. <laughs> no, it, it's. I'm glad you brought it up, Dave, because I I didn't know where you you stood on that one because that definitely for me and Mass Effect Three took out some of the emotional impact. Like, there's so many huge moments, and there's so many characters who bond in so many crazy ways in those games, and makes it so touching at the very end of it the trilogy and that one just felt really kind of wiggled in there to kind of tie up the loose ends and it always kind of bugged me so i'm glad you kind of had the same opinion that i did um well the thing is like i like both characters joker was funny in his own sarcasm and you know modesty and then Edie made a lot of funny jokes about 
you know, being an AI, you know, versus a human. So I, I just want to reiterate, I, I do enjoy both characters, but their romance was super off for me. So I'm glad you say that too, because that's fair. It's kind of like, you know, two people who you really like, and then they end up getting together and all of a sudden they both suck. <laughs> <laughs> We've known more than a few of those, I would say. So. Um you know, it, another part of it, too, uh, didn't help how they overly sexualize Edie as well, which actually plays in very well to my final selection, which are Ethan and Madison from the Heavy Rain game. Um, Jack, I know you played this a long time ago. Dave, I don't know if you remember this one, but it was the uh, French studio where you were supposed to solve this murder mystery. And at the time, it was kind of hyped that you know, anybody could be the killer and there was these four distinct different perspectives. And it was really, really cool initially. But if you actually played the game, like you reach a certain point where it's like, this is really fucking stupid. And unfortunately, one of the worst parts was the character of Madison, who is pretty much the token woman in the game who only exists to get naked in various different means for you to ogle as the gamer. And, uh, the relationship with Ethan is even worse because you're literally talking about a guy whose his whole point of the game is this son's gone missing or was murdered <laughs> and he's trying to track down the killer and like midway through he just like meets this reporter who has a little bit of information if you make the right selections all of a sudden they're you know going off and making the beast with two backs so it's it was really cringy like I said her character as a whole is like you can write novels about how much she single-handedly sets back women's rights just by existing in video games and uh yeah it, it's that was really upsetting to realizing that that was an option to have a relationship with her in that game there's many things in that game that are just very poorly done and, and once again i think we're gonna start treading on a lot of gamers emotions here because i know a lot of people really like that game I'm not one of them. I was, like Matt said, I, I was very intrigued by the first half. And I was like, oh, this is really cool. I love the different storylines. I love how you can just, you know, kind of create, it, it felt like you were creating your own adventure. And then, um, well, one, that horrible, horrible relationship occurred, which like Matt said, <laughs> like guys trying to rescue the size, like, ah, no, I'm just going to take a, just going to take a break to hang out with this chick in this hotel for a while and bone. Like, I'm sorry, one of my kids goes missing. Like, no, no. So um, the, the second worst part about that video game, uh, in my opinion, behind the just absolutely terrible twist ending that, that I wrecked, completely wrecked the game for me at the end. Yeah, no, it, it <laughs> the ending, I remember you and I talked at length on this long time ago, Jack, like between the shooting segment where you just keep tapping the button, the, um, yeah, the fact that like, we can't emphasize enough that like, it's really like this poor soul, Ethan, like it's his kids lost and he literally for hours in this game is like beside himself like he's like can barely like move he's so like emotionally rot and then like out of nowhere if you make a few selections like all right let's go to this hotel room so yeah it, it really upsetting and then yeah jack you, you're absolutely right the end where because it was framed in a way where it was these four different characters and you thought it was whatever decision you made ended up revealing who the killer was but then you find out actually if you play the game that no matter what decisions you make it's always the same guy 
well, yeah, it's always it, the same thing. So it taints all of your prior decisions. All the decisions you made throughout the game are, are proven incorrect based around the twist ending. And yeah, I'm glad you brought up the uh, gunfight where you basically shoot 40 innocent security guards only to spare the one asshole at the end who you actually deserves to die because, uh, oh, I decided to make the moral choice. By the way, I shot him because I was so fucking stupid. <laughs> Sorry. Hot, hot, hot rant. <laughs> That's cool. We got you all fired up. You got a last selection for us, Jack? You know what? I don't. I was the one who voted to do this topic this week. You, you laid out the two options. I was like, yeah, worst couples. And then, like, I spent an hour going through every single video game I've played for the last for the last six years on PlayStation Network. And uh, I came up with those two. <laughs> and Dusa wasn't even a real couple. So, honestly, I cheated. Um, I'll give a shout out. And I got to give all credit to Matt, who actually... Um, who because he decided to go back and play this game i myself was like i need to revisit this and that is the um the relationship in braid i'm not going to do any spoilers but for those who know they know and um i just think that was a really um brilliant story choice um and a really awful couple if you can call it that I think that one actually takes the cake, to be perfectly honest. So great way to leave it off there, Jack, I think. All right. Well, I guess that has been our worst couples. It's been Couch Co-op Video Game Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Take care.